Welcome to the Pandemic Show. Stories of the pandemic for people living in the pandemic. No one is alone on the Pandemic Show. On today's show, Dave talks to Barb, a fellow feather fancier, about how she misses traveling, attending shows, and is looking forward to getting her dog bread after the pandemic. She shares how vaccines and antibiotics are one of the reasons humans can live in such large populations. While some people gained a lot of weight and drank more in the pandemic, not Barb. She has changed her diet and increased her physical activity and lost 55 pounds. Barb sadly lives in an area where the pandemic has given local religious extremists a platform they don't deserve. Unmasked and aggressive, COVID deniers roam the streets of her community, making it unsafe. Welcome to the Pandemic Show. Today we're talking to Barb Doddington, the winner of the 2019 Master Breeder with American Silky Bantam Club for the self blue category. Barb is an avid feather fancier and she's currently training to be a, a judge. Is that correct, Barb? Judge with the American Poultry Association. So covers all of North America. That's exciting. As a fellow feather fancier, it's, it's exciting to be talking to somebody else who's into poultry. Barb, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Pandemic Show. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. Missing my traveling, I, I must admit, I do, I do miss traveling, but making the best of it. What, what was your life like before the pandemic started? Well, I spent, I worked from home even before the pandemic. I have a home office, but I spent a lot of time traveling for chicken shows, poultry shows, and for dog shows all over North America from coast to coast and north and south. With the dog shows, I've been out to BC with the dog and and then with the chicken shows, primarily Massachusetts, Kentucky, Georgia, Ohio, and then of course the Canadian shows based in Ontario. And I definitely miss that. I had a trip to New York City planned with my parents in May, but all of that had to be canceled and we lost all the money on that. We lost the flights, we lost our Broadway tickets. We lost our Metropolitan Opera tickets. None of the money was refunded for two Broadway shows, the Metropolitan Opera and three flights. And of course my parents are seniors. So they have made it quite clear that they will never travel again. So all that money is just lost. Thousands of dollars just I'm, lost. I'm sorry to hear that the, the damage of the pandemic well, and it's just like uh, booking.com got, you know, got to keep the money and Delta Airlines. Now I'll use my credit, hopefully at some point they keep extending. They're not making it expire like they usually do, but it might be a situation where the, where it expires before I can use it because Delta is an American airline and right now I can't cross the border. So I can't use that credit. They do fly into Toronto, but I'm not going to go anywhere right now. That would be a bit sort of misguided so well and we're back into a full lockdown here so it's you know not not going to be allowed but it's it's interesting how planes are still flying we're not supposed to be flying but some people are flying and I know yeah. we saw that in Ontario where there was a backlash against politicians and leaders in the health field industry 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. My understanding is the federal government, the Trudeau government might be, the minister might be trying to negotiate with the airline companies for refunds, but who knows how that will pan out. Well, and in my case, it won't help because it's an American airline. It's Delta. That's who I booked with because it actually, I booked through WestJet, but WestJet uses Delta. And so Delta is the one who's actually got my money. That's going to be pretty much like my parents' tickets are definitely lost because they don't, they're non-transferable. And mine oh. at this point is still a credit, but I can't go anywhere. So the question will be whether or not the credit expires before I'm able to use it. I think they also said that they were going to drop the, I think it's usually $100 or $150 rebooking fee. But the, the opera tickets and the Broadway show tickets are all just, lost. I mean, the other thing is the companies that, that have our money are probably going to be bankrupt by the time this is all over anyway, because, you know, booking.com and companies like that, they're not going to be able to survive. The real cost of the pandemic. Yeah. So what, how did life change when the pandemic started? And I know you're in a very controversial area of Ontario. Barb lives north of Lake Erie near Elmer, Ontario. Elmer has been the center of anti-mask and COVID furor. It's been declared a state of emergency, I believe, by the local government. Yeah. What's it been like since the pandemic started with all the extra stress of the anti-mask crowd in your neck of the woods? I've stopped shopping locally completely. Like normally I would shop at a local grocery store in Elmer. I would use the local Canadian tire and I have stopped that completely because I found at the very beginning of the pandemic, the people, the congregation from the Church of God, which is a very extreme independent church, they call themselves a church, although he's not an ordained minister. He can't perform marriages, for example, in Ontario, but they do qualify as a church and they are a registered charitable organization and they don't believe in society at all. They don't believe in government. They don't believe in vaccination. They don't believe in public school, public education. Their kids are all homeschooled. You might recall a few years ago, it would have been probably five years ago now or so. It might have even been more than that, 10 years ago. Much of them had their children taken away from them because they believe in corporal punishment. They beat their children. Damn. And they believe, they, they believe it's their right to beat their children, that they spare the rod, spoil the child, is how they, they live by that edict. And so several families, that the children's aid got involved and took away their children. And so this was the big news before the pandemic. Now with the pandemic, their big thing is to bully their way into all the stores without adhering to any public health guidelines. Uh, they also keep trying to have their church services on Sunday. They, uh, it's both the pastor and his son that are getting into trouble. They've been charged multiple times. They're responsible for the, the anti-mask rally in Aylmer. They're responsible for the anti-mask rally in London, Ontario. They've been charged for both of those. They have been charged several times for having their church services without, without following public health guidelines. Most recently, the son was charged for knocking down an 84-year-old man. He was charged with assault. He, he broke three ribs on this guy. Shameful. But this was because the guy was trying to put a sign alongside the road, out, out across the road from their church. Thank goodness he was charged. 
having reviewed the Elmer Express, you see that the, the Church of God is up to anything but godly work in the Elmer area of Southern Ontario. It's quite upsetting, especially when you read headlines like on January 10th about the long-term care retirement facility in Tilsonburg. Headline, almost all Maple Manor residents now have COVID-19. It's yep. tragic. Now, what will become of these charges of anything? Well, that's a matter of hot debate in the community right now because obviously money is not a factor for him because he gets unlimited money from his parishioners. It is actually a fairly big active church. The, the parishioners are uniformed. They are completely beholden to him. And so money isn't going to affect this guy. The only way they're going to stop him is to put him in jail. They, they really do need to put this guy in jail. Both he and his son, they need to put him in jail. But I don't know, because they're, they're getting worse. And now that we're into this newest phase of lockdown in Ontario, remains to be seen how the Church of God handles this. Just last week, he, the pastor was charged for having, there were more than 100 people outside the church gathered in the parking lot, none of them masked. And so they were charged with, again, having a gathering exceeding the numbers allowed with nobody masked. So when the police showed up at his house to try to serve, he, he refused to take the ticket there, asked them to meet him at the church. And right. in the meantime, he called up all the, the parishioners and they showed up and were disrespectful and, and disorderly. To the law well, they, were all, they were all singing. They were all singing unmasked right up in the cop's face. The cops were masked, but you could see that the cop was really bothered by this. Like the other thing is all of this stuff can be found online. You can Google Church of God. He broadcasts all these videos of, of his antics, what he's doing. What and, are some of the what are some of the positives that are coming out in terms of the the response from the community. There's got to be something positive or people challenging this kind of inappropriate behavior. Well, the community is gathering together and trying, but not, nothing positive is coming out of this. For example, the 84-year-old man, he was putting a road sign up that said, be kind, wear a mask. And the, the son of the pastor went over and pushed him down, broke three of his ribs, 84 years old, man broke three of his ribs. The local grocery store, we, the Elmer is a small community. Population is less than 10,000 in the community of Elmer. And we've had to hire fully qualified security at all the banks and at the grocery store, at the No Frills grocery store, because the staff there can't handle trying to police the folks simply because it isn't worth taking the risk of trying to shop um, locally. I used to do all my shopping locally. I, I could get everything I needed here. I won't shop in Elmer now, period. Just I, I drive to either St. Thomas, Tilsonburg or London. Imagine coming from the country and having to drive to the city to shop during a pandemic because you're so afraid to go into your own community. And it isn't just fear. Like, I'm not being unreasonable about this. Like, it really is, it is doing in all the businesses in Elmer because the Church of God has just got everybody completely terrified. Like, they, when they had their rally back, when did they do that? That was in the fall, right? In October and November when they had their 
anti-mask rally, it, it forced all the businesses in town to actually shut down because they marched down the main street. And the then, other big And then they invite all the other misguided lost people. Oh, yeah. But in all honesty, it was mostly them. Like it was it was mostly the local Church of God people. And you know them because of the uniforms that they wear. They they wear a very sort of militaristic uniform. They the the women, especially, they're they're very subject to male domination, that kind of thing. And the children, the same thing. The women don't have any voice at all. It is very creepy. They're very isolated. Well, if I got to admit, I almost wish I never asked. But that's the thing with the pandemic. We need to be talking about these tough situations that we need to address before they get further out of hand and endanger more lives. One thing that I hope might help is wherever you stand on the lockdown, there's new legislation. Maybe the frontline emergency responders will be more empowered there with the new legislation from the Ford government around this lockdown, or maybe the police department will be given additional resources. But how do you do, how do you go about deprogramming a colony like that with, with such beliefs and one person controlling people in a really unhealthy way? Yeah, it's, it's alarming. That, that, that's a tough one. Basically the Southwestern Ontario public health unit is being terrorized by this one individual and his church and his followers and the fact that they refuse to comply with public health protocols, safety protocols. Selfish, contrary to the teachings in the good book. My heart goes out to you and everyone else in that area. We hear you and we stand with you. And this has nothing to do with Mennonites. There are loads of Mennonites around here, including Old Order Mennonites, Amish, horse and buggy, the whole nine yards, up and down the main street in their horse and buggy masked on. Sounds like this is just another case where the pandemic is highlighting something that was wrong before, from what you indicated about how the child abuse and the the corporal punishment, the pandemic has just given these yahoos a little bit more media attention and and lines to, to cross. Yeah, and it's with their so selfishness. It's, it's, given him, it's given him a platform that he doesn't deserve. He's getting not just national attention, but even international attention because of his antics and his stunts. Now, I don't think it were, for example, the, the rally in London, when he did the anti-mask rally in London, he only got 150 people. He didn't get any more people in London than he did in Aylmer. And, and so it's not really going anywhere, except that it is destroying the community of Aylmer. Well, like you said, an 84-year-old 80, man was assaulted. Yeah, with three broken ribs, the no-frills grocery store, three positive cases among employees in there, a couple of the restaurants in town, Johnny's Restaurant, which is a small restaurant, positive case in there, so forced them to close. McDonald's, Main Street of Elmer, positive case in there. Now, they didn't close. They carried on doing their thing. But again, we have more than, than our fair share per capita of of cases, unfortunately, in this region, because it is popular in this area to not wear a mask. I've, I've lost two people that are close to me. Um, I'm sorry for your loss. And one of them was older. Both of them had underlying health issues, but COVID killed both of them very quickly. One of them in three weeks and one of them in six weeks. My great aunt passed away from COVID in a retirement home early on in the pandemic. And I lost another aunt in Florida. And the sad thing is that we can't gather to honor their memory yet. And that's, it's an open kind of wound. It is. Yeah. One of the people that I lost was actually in Kitchener. 
both of them were active, full-time, working still people. Both of them had cancer. They were, they were fighting cancer and, and COVID got a hold of them. Both of them rallied initially and then COVID just, I don't know what it is about COVID. It kind of, it seems to sort of hide in the background. They think they're recovering from it and then bam, it just, COVID comes on. And when it gets you the second time, there's not a hope when it, when it gets you the second time. My friend in Missouri, he, he ended up on a ventilator very quickly, fought even on the ventilator. They thought they were going to get him off the ventilator, but no, it didn't happen. So. I'm sorry for your loss. That's one of the things that seems to be different with the pandemic now than nine months ago. More and more people are knowing someone who's been directly affected. Right. This virus really is insidious how it spreads. I gather outside physically distanced from people, but I haven't been inside without a mask on with someone outside of my family bubble since March. It's, it's unbelievable. When I gather with my parents, I wear a mask. So dad stayed a good distance away. And even mom, she got closer to me than I would have liked. We do this kind of thing where we meet FaceTime on the phone, lots of text messaging, lots of telephone calls. And uh, we did, uh, my brother organized a whole thing at Christmas time where we all met remotely by phone. And so we were all able to get together that way, which was great because then you don't have to worry. I think it's hard on people's psyche in all honesty. Like it is, I find it extraordinarily frustrating not being able to, I can't like the poultry shows that I normally would go to, they're all still happening down in the US. They're not being canceled down there, but I can't go. I don't, I, I wouldn't go even if I could cross the border in all honesty, I'm not prepared to get into a big American group right now because I know they're not taking this as seriously down there as, as what we are here. I can't breed my dog. I'm supposed to be, I, I show dogs. I have fully registered Bichon Frise dogs and I'm supposed to be breeding her. And the breeder that I work with is in Ohio and I can't, I mean, it's an easy drive. It's only four hours away for me driving, but right now can't do that. Um, just basically stuck in my house, trying to keep myself entertained. Now, one different thing about me than other people is a lot of people drank more, gained a lot of weight. I did the opposite. The pandemic hit and I got on the scale, was approaching 200 pounds and thought, no, this is not good for a woman getting close to 200 pounds. So I decided that it was time to quit drinking to start exercising and to go on a diet. So I have now lost in six months, I have lost 55 pounds. Haven't had a drop of booze. Congratulations, Barb. You are glowing. You look, you look radiant. I feel great. And so basically just getting lots of time outside on my own farm and trying to keep my mind engaged and fulfilled without being able to go anywhere. But boy, I tell you, I'll sure be happy. I have, friends in California. I have family in Tennessee. The the breeder that I want to work with is in Ohio. Boy, I have a very close friend in Michigan that I really want to visit. I just, I'm eager to be able to get out and and get moving again. I'm excited too for this pandemic to run its course. And once it has run its course, we can start running our courses again out in community and gathering. Do you think it'll be a transition back to people feeling comfortable? Oh, yeah, I know it will. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 2021, the vaccine's out. How do you think we'll get this 
herd immunity? Do you think it'll be through infection, through vaccination? How do you think we're going to overcome or move through COVID to the post-COVID world? I think it's probably going to have to be the vaccine. I, I think it's like vaccines and antibiotics, they are, they are what has made large populations possible. You know, a hundred years ago, when they had the last pandemic, it, you know, it all it all comes down to numbers. And when you have as many people living on the planet as what live on the planet now, there has to be vaccines and antibiotics. There's just no other way around it. Like I would definitely rather get vaccinated. I like the Dolly Parton vaccine. I'll take one in both arms. Yeah. I would rather get vaccinated and deal with that than risk the impacts of COVID. Because it really seems that in the conversation, the anti-COVID, anti-mask crowd, they really don't want to discuss the health impacts of people who just get sick. Get the vaccinations, have it run its course, then to deal with the long-term implications of large segments of the population and lingering health impacts. I've heard like blood clots and strokes are something that they're seeing in people after their initial infections. Well, and anybody that's seen somebody go through COVID and seen what it does to their breathing... Like I, it, 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 it's like they're drowning in their own lungs. Like they, they, they can't breathe. They're suffocating. They're being suffocated by their own lungs. And it is just absolutely horrible to watch. Horrible, horrible to watch. If you've seen somebody with this disease, you'll do anything to avoid getting it. If you want to be an anti-vaxxer, it's kind of frustrating anti-vaxxers because the anti-vaccine people make it worse for all of us because they still get sick. There's still a strain on that on the health system because the fact of the matter is they are going to end up in our hospitals because they, they can be opposed to medicine all they want. But if they're dying, they're not going to be in the church of God there in, in Elmer in the basement of that church. They're going to be at one of our hospitals taking up a bed and, and a ventilator and, and resources and our tax dollars and those kinds of things. As much as they can say they don't like medicine it just that doesn't work that way. We don't leave them on a street corner or in a church basement to die. It just doesn't happen. So, so the vaccine is, is, is going to be the thing. And I think that we're probably going to see, and I, I'm not opposed to this. I think that we're probably going to see airlines having to impose things like you have to provide proof of vaccination in order to get on an airplane. So yes, I'm a fan of the vaccinations. I think that that's what's going to provide us with the, the herd immunity and understanding some of the things that'll help to treat it. COVID does seem to have long-term effects, do damage to the body long-term. What do you think life's going to be like post-pandemic? Do you think there's going to be structural changes? A lot of people are saying that this is the time to make big changes in society to address structural racism, income inequality, environmental destruction, deforestation, and climate change. Do you think there's going to be the political will or the community organizing around some of these issues? The pandemic has made us see how vulnerable all of our families are to things from the other side of the planet. Do you think do you think something positive will come from this? No. No, I don't because <laughs> I, I think I, no, I I think I think as evidenced by what's going on in the US right now with the transition to Biden and I'll use the phrase they drank the Kool-Aid. They believe Trump there are an awful lot of people that think this whole thing is just a major inconvenience. They believe that the personal economy is more important than, than, the, than the health of society as a whole. Their own self-interest is much more important to them than, than looking at the climate. Anything that inconveniences them 
I think it's just going to be one more vaccine on the list. It'll be one more tool in the box. It's probably going to be a wake-up call for a lot of people. It might mean that there's more use of masks in North America. Anyone that's traveled over to the Eastern countries like uh, China and so on, they've been, and Korea, they've been wearing masks for years. I think countries like India and North America are going to, you're going to see a lot more mask wearing as a general rule. And I think some things will change. I think that some things about sporting events and things like that, arts and entertainment might see some things there, but I, I think, I think people are, sadly, I think people are inherently selfish and, and we'll just carry on pretty much doing what we've always been doing. And this would just be a little blip in the road. I'm sad that I missed out on the 2020 Stratford Festival Theatre schedule. I was very much looking forward to their musical. The new theatre right there on the banks of the Avon looks great. That's one thing I'm looking forward to post-pandemic, getting back out into the theatres. I wanted to get down to Broadway, to New York. I was going to go to the Metropolitan Opera and... Now, um, like my parents are definitely not going to do that. They've said they'll never leave Canada again. They have really hunkered down and they mean it. They're quite serious. They'll never leave Canada. And uh, I get it. Like there's so much, there's so much to do coast to coast to coast in Canada. There's no real need, but there are those pull factors like Broadway. Well, in California, anybody that's ever been to California, it's just the most wonderful state on the globe, as far as I'm concerned. And I love traveling in Europe as well. I love the East Coast and the West Coast of Canada. I love all of Canada. I love traveling here too. I I hate being restricted and not being, there's something wonderful to see everywhere that you go, if you open your eyes. When I'm in California, I like looking for the acorn woodpecker as a birder. I think it's fascinating how they, they hollow out old trees and fill them with acorns. And then the colonies are pretty sophisticated where they there's co-parenting. The first place I want to go after the pandemic when it's safe is I want to go to Newfoundland, Newfoundland. Okay. I have actually never been to Newfoundland either. Like it's, it's, but I, um, with California, the thing about California is that state has something to offer everyone. It's kind of like the country of Canada in terms of like, they've got the mountains, they've got winter there, they've got... Yeah the tropics down in the south part of it they've got um, Yosemite they've got Tahoe they've got the wine country they've um, exported they've exported a lot of their ideas to southern Ontario they shopping have. centers yep. subdivisions religious fundamentalists yes. <laughs> well, California though the population Damn. of California is almost the same as the population of Canada even just going to have lunch with my friend in Michigan like, again, it's, it's, it's less than a two hour drive for me to meet with her. It's easier to get to her place than it is for me to get to Toronto and not being able, like, you just don't realize how frustrating it is not being able to visit with your friends. I've got an older friend in Milton that I spend a lot of time with. And now it's all on the phone. Like, it's just, we don't get together at all. We, we have chickens in common, we have dogs in common, and we have fish in common. And so we spent a lot of time traveling for the dogs and the chickens and really enjoyed doing all that kind of stuff. But now all of that is off. He's gone to some Canadian poultry show, chicken shows, but I haven't even done that. We didn't go 10 months to get COVID now, right? <laughs> that's, that's the way I look at it. Is <laughs> and just having a couple of friends die from it, the way they died and the way they went and just, it was torture. It was, it was 
torture watching what they went through. And in both cases, they were attempting to be careful. They were practicing social distancing. Now, in the case of my friend in the U.S., he got it from his partner, who was a frontline worker. And so obviously they're unmasked at home. Actually, his spouse. He got it from his spouse. And my other friend in Kitchener, um, it sounds like he picked it up at the hospital through part of when he was being treated at the hospital for, for something else, covid got him unfortunately so well barb i can't thank you enough for sharing your story here with us today on the pandemic show and if there's anything the pandemic show can do to support the good people of elmer standing up to the tyranny of the anti-mask craziness let us know i know we're not right there with you but in our hearts we're there with you and it's, we know you got a tougher road to walk on this march through COVID than we do further geographically away from some of these yahoos. Yeah, I've driven into Elmer and seen the damage that they've done. And, and I didn't even tell my Fabricland story about the ladies going in and terrorizing the staff at Fabricland. I was there trying to buy fabric to make masks and ladies trying to bully their way in to buy fabric. What happened when the, the unmasked people tried to get in? Well, the staff at Fabricland wouldn't let them in and weren't taking any excuses for, for, nope, you're not coming in. And basically their response was, you tell us what you want, we'll bring it out to you, which is a perfectly reasonable response. Well, these ladies were having none of it. Obviously with fabric, that's a little bit of a challenge, but they just, they decided to take a stand in at Fabricland in Tilsonburg and just said, nope, you're, you're not coming in here without a mask. It's not happening. And, uh, and they, good job, and they, and good they, job, fabric they, land until yeah, exactly, exactly. The grocery stores ended up having to, well, the grocery store in Elmer, the no frills in Elmer, they had to hire official security staff because their employees couldn't take them on. And a store in Straffordville, just, I think they just gave up. Like the, they just let the bullies do their thing. And the excuse down there in Straffordville was that they don't speak English. So they didn't understand the rules. Like they couldn't read the signs. So no English, no English. I know if I see a business and they're letting people in without masks, I don't feel comfortable going back to support that business. So it's got to be hurting these businesses because these people are scaring away more people. That's sad. I stopped even using curbside pickup at Canadian Tire there and started using the one Tilsonburg St. Thomas in London. They had it just down to a fine science. Like they... The staff was doing things properly and I didn't see anybody going into the stores without masks. And I have to say in St. Thomas, just in the past week, I've seen quite a few unmasked marauders at the grocery store in St. Thomas. Thank you for joining us here on the Pandemic Show. No one's alone on the Pandemic Show. Stay safe. I look forward to when I can see you again in person. Thanks for listening to this week's story from the Pandemic. We're all in this together and we're glad you're here together with us. Physically distance with us at pandemishow.ca. Be a part of our community by rating, subscribing, and sharing the Pandemic Show. Thanks for taking a minute to email an episode, share a link, or promote us on social media. Stories from the Pandemic for the people of the Pandemic.